Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Praise Him forever. Praise Him forever. Forever He is Lord. Forever He is King. Forever He's the resurrected one. Oh, glory to God. It's wonderful and glorious to serve the risen Savior. Aren't you glad you're not worshiping some little crystal hanging from your front, your rear view mirror? (laughs) Or some little thing that you bow down to that can't talk to you, can't do nothing for you. We have a Savior that became death so we could have life. Woo! Glory to God. He is the resurrected one. Well, let's get out our Bibles, and this is when you need to stir up an expectancy in your heart and in my heart. You see, we're about to break bread with the living God. Did you hear what I said? We're about to break bread with the living God, and he's going to feed us from his table. Yeah, you may see a natural man saying, turn to this, turn to that. But you know, it's the Holy Spirit that's on me and speaking from me from a book that the Holy Spirit wrote that will impart his life into us. And that life we need, especially in an hour in which we live. We need to be be encouraged. We need to be happy we're alive and on this ball of dirt right now that he saw fit to put you and I on this earth just prior to his return. Man, that's exciting. And if he was smart enough to put us here, he's smart enough to get us through all we need to do for him. Amen? It's getting gooder and gooder. Well, tonight we're going to look at our inheritance. And I hope that this message touches you like it's been touching me. Uh... It's becoming more and more real to me of who I am in Christ. And that changes your perspective completely day to day. Because we're not alone. And we have one helping us. Amen. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that it's anointed because you breathed your breath into it. So we have an expectancy that your life is going to hit us right in our spirit man. And you will quicken us. You will cause us to see. You'll cause us to believe and to walk out what we see in Jesus' name. I claim utterance. And by faith, I say I'll speak by revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I want us all to go on over to Romans chapter 8. I want to welcome all those watching on the live stream. That includes you, Sharon, and you, Alita. Hey, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Just rejoice in it. 
and let it flow and quicken your mortal body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good to have you with us tonight. I hope everybody out there in streamland uh, has your Bible out. Glory, glory, because we're looking for directions. I said we're looking for directions. Amen. We're looking for answers. Here we go. Now, we understand that through the new birth, we receive new life. What did Jesus say? He says, I've come to give you life. Apparently, if he had to give us life, we didn't have it. You see, he didn't come to give us physical life. We already had that. No, he came to give our spirit life. Amen? And that new life recreated us into a father-child relationship with God. You, you were actually and virtually born out of his loins. You became his offspring. Just like we were with our natural parents. That's exactly what happened spiritually when you accepted Jesus into your life. Now look at this. Romans 8, 15. It says, and this is talking about us and the life that we receive through Jesus Christ. You have not received the spirit. So he's talking about this spiritual relationship we have. You haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. Now, the word adoption means to take someone and make them your child. God adopted us. He chose us. And you and I really need to let that sink in. I know it seems like we chose him. And we did, in some form and fashion, receiving him. But he chose us way before we got there to receive him. He chose us before the foundation of the earth. So... We have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of a father-child relationship with God. And that's why we cry or declare to him, Abba, Father. Now, you know that that Greek word for Abba means daddy. Daddy God. Amen. Only a child can look up at their father and say, Daddy. See, you have what the world doesn't have. You have the privilege of being born of God. And you are assured an intimate relationship with him. That at any moment, at any time, you can crawl up into his lap say daddy daddy God and he will accept you I said he will accept you I think that that's what's so powerful about the testimony of the man with two sons 
You see, religion teaches us falsely, I might add. Man's religion or man's version of Christianity teaches us that you better not wrong God. He's, he's coming after you. Look out. Look out. It's coming. It's going to get you. That can't be any further from the truth. Because in that testimony of the man with two sons, he had a son that took his inheritance, squandered it, lived a worldly lifestyle, darkened the name of the family, soiled the reputation of that family. If any father had the right to be disappointed and, and not really happy about seeing that son again, you could probably justify it. But in that testimony, it says that the father saw this prodigal that we've coined him as the prodigal son. He saw him coming from afar off. He was looking for him. Amen. There's nothing you and I can do that will cause God to turn his back on us in our time of need. Amen. Simply put, it's not his character. That's not who he is. See, man had to come up with that idea. See, they're trying to make God in man's image. Verse 16. The spirit, and that's the spirit he placed in us, the Holy Spirit. He bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. Notice it doesn't say the slaves of God. Notice it doesn't say the angels of God. No, it's talking about an intimate relationship through birth. Through birth. You're legitimate through birth. Now, I want you to consider this, what that would mean from a natural, worldly standpoint. Have you ever heard the term about a child that's born to a, a well-to-do family. And they say, well, you know, that child was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Am, am I, is that, is that, anyone else heard that or is that so old that you guys don't know that one? Huh, you've heard that before? Well, I want you to understand that's describing you and I as the children of God. Amen. Come on. That's good. So good. Hallelujah. Your God does not lack any wisdom. He's all-knowing. 
and now you're his child. Your God is all-powerful. He can do all things. And he's now your father. How do you know that he's a God in the midst of his glory? My God shall supply all my need according to his riches. His riches. His riches. You know, in the Old Testament, we've been, we've had a picture painted of every individual that developed their relationship with God as God's child. Have you ever thought about that? Look at, look at the little shepherd's boy, David. The youngest child, when Samuel came to anoint a king, in that household, the father didn't even bother to bring David. Kind of made you think of what that father thought of him. But the Bible said of David that he had the heart of God. One aspect of having God's heart is that you are reveling in the fact that you are a child of God. Did you see that relationship on display? How David was able to, to slay a giant who some say could have been nine feet tall that took multiple men to carry his armor? And God anointed him to slay that giant and to cut his head off. God gave him the, the, the kingship over all of Israel. And it was said of David and his, his crew, <laughs> his mighty men that were with him through his, his, I'll call it, ministry, that when it came time to build the temple of God, Solomon's temple that he acquired that David gave in today's financial realm billions of dollars to build it. Billions. God made him Think about Solomon. Just think about the patriarchs and what God and a relationship with him was like. God made sure that everybody knew that that's my child. Why do you think the Jews have been hated for so many centuries?
because they're God's children. Now look here in the 17th verse. We just finished the 16th verse of Romans 8. Let's look at verse 17. Now he's just established there in verse 16 that we are, what, the children of God. Now that's not just a saying. That's a reality. You and I, we take this literally. That's who we are. We've been born as his children. And because you are, in verse 17, then you're a heir. I'm not sure we use that word very much in our everyday vernacular. When was, the worst, when was the last time you used that word air? You might hear it on the news sometimes. He says, because you're his child, now that makes you an heir of God. And a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. Now, please don't feel that I'm discounting our Lord and Savior. But God made us in terms of being the children of God. He's made us like Jesus in terms of that relationship. Now, the reason that we're a joint heir with Christ is because we are a, pop, a part of Christ's body. And God can't have Christ without having us. I'm not saying that we're equal with Jesus Christ. He's God. But in terms of our heirship and our inheritance, it's the same. Does that make sense? Now, I want you to understand that we are an heir of God. Not a heir of God. And an heir of God. And that is defined as a person legally entitled. Can't emphasize that word legally enough. Legally entitled to the property or the rank of another. You see, that's why when the prodigal came back to the father's house, he did what? He put a robe on him. That robe represented the family. We, we've been given the robe of righteousness as the children of God. But the first thing the father did is he wanted everyone to see his son wearing the family's robe. And then he put what? A ring on his finger. What, does, what did that mean? Well, Understand that in the time that this story took place, 
that many times they didn't use currency. And those of great wealth had a family crest or a family seal. And they would make a ring that would have that seal on it. And that person that had that ring on their finger could go to purchase items somewhere that recognize that seal. And they could pay for what they are purchasing by just imprinting that seal on a, a document at the store. That ring represented the wealth of the family. Now, this is what I want us to embrace. This is what I want us to get excited about. You are God's child, legitimately, because you've been born into his family through Jesus Christ. You're a new creature, and you're in Christ. So now you are a child of the Almighty God. I wonder how many of us have really embraced that. You know, I think we still need to, to brush off some of the residue of our natural upbringing. Hey, I've been working since I was 12 years old. Mowing grass, pumping gas, being a busboy. Washing dishes. I grew up having to work. You know, we need to brush that kind of stuff off and, and realize that we're now a child of God. Amen, yes. And he, he told me personally in his book that he's given me all <clears throat> good things to enjoy. That maybe I should set my sights a little higher. And don't look back and see myself as a landscaper or a dishwasher or a busboy. I see myself as a king's kid. Amen. That I'm royalty. I'm royalty. I'm an heir of God. But get this. He didn't just say that you're an heir of God, but he also said that you're a joint heir or you're connected, you're joined to the heirship of Jesus Christ. That means a person inheriting and continuing. This is powerful. A person inheriting and continuing the legacy of of a predecessor. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Spiritually speaking, you and I are Christ on the earth. Extending his legacy to a lost and dying world. That's why we use his name. That's why we speak his word. That's why we walk in his love. So as heirs of God, 
we have a glorious inheritance. Now, for whatever reason, this clock says two minutes to seven. Does that mean I have 62 minutes to go? Does, does someone have, uh, I can't see the clock in the back. 7.32. So how about you give Pastor a wake-up call about 7.45. Does that sound all right? I could go on until 10 o'clock, but let's shut it down at 7.40. Or begin to shut it down. As, is, is that better? Is that better? Or could I say, is that more truthful? Now, I want you to wrap your arms around this like two sticky band-aids. This word inheritance means a thing that is inherited, meaning that you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, you didn't pay for it. It was bestowed upon you freely. Other words that are equal in meaning to inheritance is legacy. Endowment, birthright, estate, heritage, and bestowal. Now, some of these words, we would never consider that having any meaning to us. I was just born of, you know, Bob and Ruth Conover. We, well, you know, we didn't really have that much. What kind of a birthright do I have? Well, we got to take our eyes off of the birthright of our natural man and embrace who we are now in Christ. Our inheritance as an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ guarantees certain realities, rights, and privileges of who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not too shy to tell you that I'm not living up to my inheritance yet. And I want to come up. I said, I want to come up. I want to walk in the privileges that was purchased for me by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That were procured for me through his resurrection and victory over death, hell, and the grave. And I want to come up spiritually. I want to come up mentally. Amen. I want to come up relationally. Yes. I want to come up in every area of my life so that people can look at my life and they're thinking, there's no way he did that on his own. Come on. Amen. There's no way that kid could have done that. And they'll know, just like they knew about King David. He's connected with God. Remember the centurion. The centurion came and solicited 
the help of Jesus to heal his servant that was tormented, I believe it was of a palsy. And Jesus was quick to say, let's go. I'll come and heal your servant. And the centurion said, I appreciate that. I'm paraphrasing. I appreciate that, Jesus, but you know, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, the roof of my house. I, I don't want you to belittle yourself. You see, this centurion knew that Jesus was associated with God. He knew he had to be because of the works he was doing. Raising the dead, healing the leper, causing those that were born blind to see, those born crippled walking, those speaking to a storm and it's still. You see, Jesus had a reputation because of what God was doing through him. And that's the same reputation God wants you to have. Are you, are you, are you, are you hearing me tonight? See, that's why I want to come up. I'm not sure that people can see God's at work through me. I think it's a little bit hard to see. I think it needs to be more evident. Not that any honor or glory or position would be given to me. But so that we could fulfill the legacy of Jesus Christ on this earth to this generation. Amen. And I'll close with a story. This story took place way back in the 1800s in far away United Kingdom in the UK, in England. And there was this family that was very wealthy well-known family with great wealth great respect and had a lot of influence and so the the, the, the living heir of that family hired this young man to be his butler and this man was just a common man Oh, he was trained and he was made proper in the standards of this household. And he began to serve the head of the household. And he would wash his clothes. He would iron them and prepare them and lay, it, lay them out for him. He, he would help bathe him. He would cook his meals. He would clean his house. He would do whatever his master told him to do. And he served him for multiple decades. As I think the story went, it was 
most of his grown life that he served this heir, this head of this household, and lived in this great mansion with the one in whom he served. And the day came that his master died. And he went and honored his master by going to his, his funeral and his burial service. And he, he was just so distraught that, that here, he, he, you know, he had lost his master, the one who he had served as a butler all his life. And so the next heir who would take over the family decided that it would be best to, to cut the butler loose now that the predecessor had left. But in parting, the family gave him this, it was in a picture frame. And it looked like some sort of a, a document. Now you understand this butler was unlearned. He wasn't trained as a lawyer. He didn't understand what the words meant on it, but he saw his name on the document. He saw his master's uh, signature on the, on the document. He saw the, the seal of wax that, that, that stamped the signature to validate the master's signature. And that's all the family gave him. And he was so happy to receive the honor to have that document that he could take home to this, this apartment. Just a just a probably a one-room apartment somewhere and, and just hung that on his wall. And every time that someone would come and visit him, he, he made sure that they saw what his master gave him. Yeah, I served him all my life. I love that man. And now I know he loved me because he gave me this gift. It was part of his will that I would get it. Well, time went by. Life wasn't so easy for the butler. I mean, going from a house that's a mansion to a place that's not so fancy. And one day he had a guest that came in. And as it was the custom of the butler, he, he made sure this new guest who hadn't been to his apartment before, he saw what his master had given him. And this man was, was an educated man, and he, he read this document that was hanging on his wall. He, he saw the signatures. He saw the seal. He, 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 he noticed the quality of, the, of the, the parchment or whatever they used to write the document on. And he asked the butler, he says, do you know what this is? Yeah, I do. It's, it's a gift that my master gave me. You know, I served him for multiple decades, and he honored me with this, and that's my keepsake. And this man goes, well, I think it might be something more than that. 
you mind if I take it and, and have it examined and, and, and see uh, if I'm right about this? And the butler goes, well, oh, well, I don't know. You, you know how valuable that is to me? I, I'll take great care of it. The butler says, okay, go ahead, but be sure to get, get it back to me as, as soon as you can. So this man went and had this, this certificate, this document examined. He, he had it verified. He, he found that what it depicted was real and current and pertinent. And he went to talk to the butler about it. And he said, do you realize that this is more than a keepsake? This is a document saying that you have a legitimate legal share of your master's legacy, his wealth, all that he is, a part of that share is now yours. You can take this certificate anywhere and they'll honor it and give you whatever you want. Because you are an heir of your master and now his legacy, his inheritance is now yours. And you don't have to be living in this apartment. You don't have to be eating dog food. You don't have to be having these, these, these clothes and and shoes that have holes in them. You don't have to, you can be eating the finest. You can be living in the best and you can have servants serving you. You see, sometimes I think that's a little bit like you and me. Come on, come on, amen. We've got this Bible that is the, it's the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it tells us what he left us. Amen. Come on. And it's viable and it's spendable in our current life. Yes, we're to revere, to to, to reverence the word of God and be excited about it, that God gave it to us. Amen. But it's not just a keepsake. It's a legal document Come on. that empowers us to access the heritage that was given to us through Jesus Christ as an heir of And all we have to do is get in this book and learn how to manifest God's inheritance in our life just like we did the new birth. See, many people, many Christians, they, they get their new birth and they're all excited, and they should be, but they stop there. They're satisfied because I got my ticket to heaven. But God gave us this covenant through his son as documented by this legal document, the Bible, 
He wants to, us to live on earth as we're in heaven. Yes. He wants us to have heaven on earth. Yes. Amen. In the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the sickness, in the midst of this and that catastrophe, we can be in God's hands as his children and live above it in victory. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight that we are the children of God. We're not beggars going around trying to get a crumb off of the master's table. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. We are the children of the Most High God. We are the heirs of God. And we have an inheritance from God Almighty. Not just to consume it on ourselves, but to use it to facilitate your plan on the earth to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lord, help us to set our sights higher. Help us not to squander all that we've been given through Jesus Christ. Help us to bring it into the now that we can use it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks guys for coming out. I'm glad you spent the money on the gas to get here. <laughs> Hallelujah. See you next time. <laughs>